In today's episode, we have our very first guest of 2023, Katie Young, who is the founder of StrongFem, a platform created to celebrate and promote young females in the fitness industry who are defying gender stereotypes to inspire others to become stronger in body and mind through movement. Boom, you know. Welcome to the Into the Unknown podcast, the show that dives into all things fitness, politics, mindset, current affairs, sports, and everything in between. With a generous sprinkling of humour, at least on my part, and pop culture, I'm Connor Campbell. And I'm Yushan Sue. So without further ado, plug in, sit back, and enjoy being taken into the unknown. Welcome back to Into the Unknown. On today's hello, podcast, hello. episode 38, you will just hear not just myself and Yushran's voice, but a guest voice. Uh, the first, first guest, guest of, of season two. Yep. Um, so on today's podcast, we have Miss Strong Femme herself, Katie Young. So a little bit about Strong Femme, and I'm sure Katie will do it far more justice than I will. But essentially, in a nutshell, it's a platform to uh, create to celebrate and promote young females uh, in the fitness industry who are defying gender stereotypes to inspire others to become stronger in body and mind through movement. I especially love the body and mind, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, the tagline, encouraging stronger bodies, healthier minds and a happier lifestyle shows us that it's a refreshing shift in the fitness industry to encourage females to become strong and get involved in promoting fitness, but also having a career in fitness. She does this all alongside working as a graduate mobile engineer. Um, and I'm assuming that UX means user experience designer, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, having studied mathematics at Queen's Mary's Uni Queen Mary's University, which is actually where we met. Uh, mm -hmm. And we are super thankful and grateful to bring Katie on and for her to share her story and to promote her brand, Strong Femme. So, Katie, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on. Oh, First thank of all, you. how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Um, really grateful that you invited me to be honest. Yeah, no worries. I feel at all. a little bit um, starstruck after that intro. <laughs> me too. Like, that was thank you for intro. coming on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me it's no it's an absolute pleasure um you know Yushan actually thinking about it I don't know if I ever gave you that good of an intro but I feel like maybe it's uh it's just something no, that I I'm like yeah this it's because you, you take me for granted I do <laughs> I think it's very true I do take you for granted every time we have guests on we do such amazing intros and then when I was a guest on your old podcast, Con, like you, just like, that's oh, my mate, Yushan. Yeah, this is Yushan, he rides horses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, first of all, what we would like to do is start with giving the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, which is should be a super easy one. You know yourself well. So basically, a little bit of background about yourself, kind of where you got started, also why you decided to study mathematics mm -hmm. and kind of how you got to 2023 cool yeah so hi everyone um I'm 23 born and raised in London and yeah I did study maths at uni at Queen Mary which is where me and Connor met um however studying maths was like it wasn't what I initially planned to do I actually have quite a creative background so I studied art uh, in college and I was supposed to do an art foundation after college um, I did music when I was younger I'm obviously really into fashion so I thought you know what let me like make a career out of this so yeah if I had to do art foundation I did get accepted but um, something happened on the enrollment day and I couldn't make it and then eventually I wasn't able to do art foundation so I ended up taking a gap year um which was like a last minute decision wasn't supposed to do that but that was when I did my PT qualification so although like doing a gap year wasn't planned I did kind of make something out of it did my PT um worked in a couple gyms and then did a bit of traveling and then after this gap year I was like you know what 
let me get <laughs> let me get a degree because you know what your parents are like that oh you're not going to go to uni whatever whatever so I just I do I do yeah you must know like. especially Asian parents <laughs> they're like what are you doing with your life um so I decided to do maths which was like really random my sisters were like what are you doing like I thought you was going to do art I thought you was going to do fashion but yeah I don't know why I did maths I don't regret it but yeah it was just I mean, kind of a, la- a last minute thing <laughs> it's a very last minute thing yeah. but you have to be very intelligent to do maths yeah. at university and so. maths was like one of my strongest subjects so I did it at a level as well um mm. and it was actually the subject that I got the highest grade in so I thought you know what I'm good at maths and I think so what Connor's trying to say now um from that was that he was saying that neither of us could do maths at uni <laughs> Listen, I no, didn't say that. I'm sure you, you came I'm, to that conclusion. Actually, yourself. I don't know about Connor. <laughs> Everyone knows I failed GCSE maths three times. I had to do foundation over the summer and I only just got a C. That's how bad I am at maths. And the only maths I can ever do is percentages. You know, if someone asked me, you're like 120, what's what, my best, best snatch is like 61 percentage wise. I'd still use a calculator. Discounts somehow randomly. I know how to do discounts. <laughs> oh, I bet you're quick. I bet you're quick with like weight on a bar and plate yeah. maths. Yeah, plate maths. Yeah. that's the only yeah, that's thing. That's good because that's useful that's it. maths. It's useful. Got three red plates and a yellow. How much is that? That would be two fifty without clips. Two fifty. That's two hundred. Oh, three that's two hundred. Yeah. <laughs> it's, sorry, I thought you said. What are you on about? Red. I thought you said four reds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's two hundred. Without clips, but yeah. Without clips. Anyway, um, I can attest to two of those things. One, you love traveling, which yes. like we also, oh, well, I saw, I was very envious of your travels to Thailand, Vietnam, where, uh, wherever so, else you went. Uh, where did I go? Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, oh, wow. Vietnam, and Bali. Wow. And that the wasn't even in the gap in the world. Year, right? That was, that, no, that was, that was this summer. Yeah. Wow. That's mental. That's crazy. It was like one of the best things I've ever done. And I'm not normally like, that was my first time going away by myself. And I'm not normally one to kind of like put myself out there, but I just thought, yeah, why not? Let's just do it. You only live once. Yeah. And I'd, I would encourage more people to do it because it was so amazing. Mm, I bet it was. So going back to, you know, you said that you sort of have a very artistic background um and i want to touch quickly on a few little points first thing was you decided to do your personal training qualification mm-hmm. um what what kind of what made you decide to sort of go down that route in the first place like being a per- personal trainer um so i've always kind of been like doing some sort of fitness so i used to do dance when i was mm-hmm. like 12 to 14 and then i don't know when do i do it I think I did it until I was like 15 actually mm. and then um after I stopped dance I I felt like not having kind of like an active hobby I was like okay I'm gonna join the gym so I joined the gym when I was like 16 I think which was mm. yeah I think I joined the gym when I was 16 um and then that was when I kind of picked up strength training I didn't do it seriously but I started to like become more aware of it and I'd always go down to the weight section for just a little bit like kind of dip my toes in there and then quickly come back out um so then I thought let me just do a PT course I've always wanted to do it um and then learn more about strength training and kind of get the knowledge so I kind of knew more about what I was doing Mm -hmm. um and then I also use that qualification to that's kind of when I started to encourage other women, like as a PT to, you know what, you need to go to the weight yeah. area and, and get stronger. Because before that, it was just, I'm going to do a hit a hit workout or yeah. I'm going to go on the, the Stairmaster for half an hour. And I think in those times, that was a, what a lot of women were doing. But I think yeah. now, like, especially in this day, a lot more women are becoming aware of it, which is which is really good to see definitely and also like there's also a big push on either side because there's now far more female athletes in the spotlight Mm -hmm. 
like um you know professional athletes who are actually being paid even in weightlifting you know the most supported weightlifter in the UK currently is Emily Campbell, who's a female mm-hmm. weightlifter. And I'm pretty sure most, if not all female weightlifters would know Emily Campbell by name. And then secondly, I agree with you that I noticed that there's been a massive shift in females doing strength training, which, and we will touch on a little bit later, I think is important because ultimately uh, they've moved away from their traditional kind of, hit and and cardio but now they need guidance in strength training and I think it's interesting because it just brings far more dynamics to the fitness world you know having to consider menstrual cycle having to consider hormones it's it's making us actually think you know oh we can't just be meatheads we can't just pick up barbells Mm -hmm. we have to have more consideration about things like that um that's awesome uh yeah uh so you graduated maths right yeah. <laughs> um when did you decide or like why did you decide to go into what you do now um you know firstly <clears throat> tell us a little bit about that um yeah go for okay, it. Leave it so... there. I don't want to have too many questions <laughs> all at once otherwise yeah um so what do I do I'm a software engineer well a graduate software engineer um and then Basically, I do like half and half software engineering and then the other half, I do UX and UI design, which you're right, it's user experience. And then UI (laughs) is user interface. Um, But initially, like it started off as a pure, purely engineering role. Um, Mm. And I think I mainly wanted to like work in tech because it was remote. (laughs) I'm not saying like, I I don't like the industry but the one thing that drew me towards it was you could work from anywhere and Mm -hmm. I think the summer after traveling I thought oh how cool would it be if I could work from a different country just having my laptop um obviously it's well paid the work-life balance is is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) and tech is essentially like our future so I thought yeah yeah why not work in a field where it's so relevant and it's so there's so much innovation um yeah so it started off as an engineering role and I have no like coding experience I did a tiny module at uni but it was honestly like so basic so when I first started the role I just had to learn everything from scratch and I'm still yeah. actually learning a lot I ha- I would say my coding knowledge is still very beginner because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've only been doing it for how long now for four months Mm. um and uh disclaimer I actually don't think I like coding (laughs) so I actually don't think I (laughs) I don't think software engineering is the role for me but Mm. I mean at least I've tried it out and I've been given the chance to to you know have a go at it and now I can realize that you know okay maybe I'm not supposed to be a coder and that is how the UX and UI design came out so I went to my manager and said you know what like I come from a creative background I feel like I need to be doing something creative and I think I would be a lot better at UX and UI design so I really had to push for that from my manager and then he eventually allowed me to shadow the designers for half the week Um, and I'd have to say that I much prefer the design Mm -hmm. side Um, I think it's really cool that like a lot of people want to get into tech and they want to get into coding development but I think it's also okay to say that you know you might not actually like it which I don't think I do yeah what what's cool is that you you know like he's just said you were able to start in a role and then you realized I don't know if I like this and rather than mm-hmm. sticking it out you sort of had the courage to go um is there anything else that I can do here? Yeah. Because I don't really yeah. like coding. <laughs> and the first thing, I, so I was like, what do you do? And you went, uh, what do I do? Oh, yeah, I'm a software engineer. <laughs> yeah. So you can tell, like, it's not, I don't know, I think a lot of people that I speak to can tell it's not really what I want to be doing for the rest yeah. of my life. Um, but I can say that I've tried it. And for anyone that thinks that they might like it, just give it a go anyway. Mm. 
Yeah, I agree. And something that's becoming far more popular now is just women in general moving mm-hmm. into tech, which, yeah. you know, obviously M works in works in tech as well and finance. Uh, and even not not just at, you know, graduate level, I'm talking sort of across the board. It's still not where it could be, but it's certainly better than it was, say, like yeah. five, ten years ago as yeah. across across the board, not just in, say, finance and whatever it might be. Um, if there was anyone wanting to move into tech, I know you already just gave a tip of like, if you don't like it, then mm-hmm. you know you can change. Is there anything else? Like, yeah. I know the route that you went down was sort of, I don't even know if it was traditional where you did maths and then you sort of went into, into coding, but is there anything that you might be able to give from someone who, who has no idea what they're doing <clears throat> and is like, yeah, yeah, I want to give coding a go. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I think a lot of women are now working in STEM careers, which is exciting to see because a lot of the people, like a lot of my friends at uni who have graduated, I've asked, oh, like, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to work in tech or I want to be an engineer. But then a lot of us didn't have that kind of coding experience, whereas, you know, other people might have more experience and they might be more Mm. considered. But I don't actually think that's the case in the case of a graduate role because I went in with no experience um but as long as they they kind of see that you have you know the desire to learn and you have those kind of analytical skills and you're able to apply that knowledge and learn learn how to code then like I don't see why you can't apply for a role like on my graduate scheme there are people that that did geography or that did history and then now they're software engineers which I think is really cool. So like, I'll say, don't be disheartened and think that you don't have the experience or, you know, oh, I didn't do do computer science, so I can't really work in tech. But I think as long as you show you have a passion or you want to learn about it, then you can definitely be hired. Um, I think what a lot of people tend to do is they do kind of look for coding boot camps, which you can do over summer. Mm -hmm. But I personally, I didn't do that. So I must have just done really well on an interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that can probably, like, bump up your CV. But I don't know. I don't think that's that's necessary. But I know a lot of people that have done that. Mm. I um, guess... Um... I, also, I also... Sorry. I also no, think that the traditional route of finishing uni or even going to uni and then looking for a grad scheme, I think that that's not always necessary as well like I was speaking to someone today and she said to me it's, it's not like cookie cutter you can just if you want to have a go at something just do it like I was speaking to her and saying oh I want to start making rugs and she just just said why not like make make try and make a living up out of what you love and what you enjoy doing and I think I think I might enjoy making rugs and and being creative in that way so yeah and also give it a go. if people don't like it who cares it's your life yeah. anyway right yeah <laughs> like you're supposed you're not... to like try different things and if you don't like it then you can try another thing yeah. so I think that's important to remember yeah definitely because I I have friends from when I was at uni they like the the degree that I did kind of because it was so general it basically meant that like we were generalists in everything which meant mm-hmm. one, it was very difficult to actually get hired in a job that had specific skills. Um, but two, it kind of meant like, okay, well, what am I actually good at here? Like, yeah. what do I want to do? Um, for me, I was like, I figured it out really well. But a lot of my friends, you know, they went, they went to be PE teacher and then they spent a few years like doing something else and then they went to travel and, mm-hmm. and now they're they're back at a school and I think like it just gives you that kind of non-traditional route of like you don't necessarily have to work in the job that you actually yeah. studied in. Yeah. Um, not to say that PE teacher isn't specifically, you know, because it is, I guess, related to sports science, but in a roundabout way, it's not necessarily what we learn to do at universities is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I um, think um, like... For, for people that have done like a STEM subject I think they automatically think okay now I'm going to work in a corporate role you know I need to work in in an office job in London but 
and they put they kind of put a lot of pressure into like getting hired and and trying to find a job in in that kind of field but Mm. I think if you think more about okay what am I going to enjoy rather than obviously people want to make money but I don't think that should be your only like focus I think you should think about okay what can I do and enjoy and I can do it for the rest of my life in a way because I'm doing this kind of graduate software engineering role but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life like I want to make my hobbies my Mm. career so yeah I think that's important to remember definitely I can attest to that I just love like what I really love is how and I know quite a few people are the same, but like the fact that you just like go and do things that you like, yeah. or like not even not even that, like you go and do things that like try things out and like but fully commit to it, and then like if it's not your vibe, like mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. Because like I just think that's really that's a really good way to be, and and I've kind of like not been that that way. <laughs> Um, do you know what I mean like in a way because I always in the back of my head knew what I wanted to do or kind of knew the at least the area that I wanted to be in and work in and so obviously it is for me a big blessing that I am able to make my my hobby a job and Mm -hmm. I am able to you know make the game that I play a, a way to make money as well but equally like I feel like I've because I've done that and I'm fully committed to that I've not gone like oh you know I could maybe pursue another path like pursue Mm -hmm. this a bit further you know like um stuff that I did in uni um that could have led to say like policy jobs and stuff like that which also interests me but um not being able to balance you know I mean like balance the two Um, whereas you seem to have done a really uh, good job of that so yeah, I'm trying I'm not there yet like I'm still trying like I'm still 23 I feel like I've still got a lot of time to to figure things out and kind of dip my toe in things yeah I completely agree with that I think people isn't it strange that in today I know this is a massive tangent but it's very strange that in today's society people of 21 are they they have to make a decision on based on yeah. something for the rest of their life you're yeah. 21 years old and you're yeah. being asked to make a life check potentially a life-changing decision I just don't understand where this where it you know now we have more freedom than we ever did mm-hmm. yeah I feel, I feel that way uh, maybe at least for us three we have more freedom than we ever did I know it's not the same across the whole world but generally you know we we're given quite a lot of freedom um that was just a, a tangent that I was just thinking about because you guys were talking about it but what I really wanted to say was I think I mean this is a, I'm giving you a huge compliment because I think it also just makes you really interesting like that's what people <laughs> gravitate towards you for is because you're not just doing this one thing like your mm-hmm. identity is not I'm a software engineer it's no I'm just I'm Katie Young like this is me <laughs> this is my personal brand yeah. <laughs> and it it genuinely does make you super interesting because people are like oh so you you do software engineering like yeah I do a bit on the side you know it's not it's my main gig but like I'm also doing yeah. all other bits and I was a personal trainer and I studied maths and then I went to do a gap year and and people I'm people are just sat there like fuck who is this person <laughs> she's lived about 60 different lives in the space yeah, of 23 years yeah it's amazing so another um another interesting thing that you've done is obviously that you are the founder of strong fan can mm-hmm. you tell us about that yeah so uh when did i create strong fan i think it was like two two to three years ago it's essentially a platform that i created um to showcase Basically, I wanted to create like a fitness platform, but not like all those fitness influencers that you see all over Instagram. I just didn't want to be another one of those pages because I think Instagram is just saturated with that kind of information. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to create a page that is about other people and not just me. Um, Other females that kind of embody and they kind of promote 
being a strong woman, strength training, you know, eating healthily, tra- training right, and not just like, I don't know, glute bridges and hit workouts. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's essentially a platform that I created and it's it's become this community of, of strong, amazing women who are doing amazing things in the fitness industry and who kind of just promote the values that I stand for as well. And they are also encouraging young women or other women or their, their followers to, to become stronger um through movement and it's not just becoming stronger as in physically but it's about mentally and your well-being as well because we all want to feel good as well what inspired you to do that and what kind of motive because like did you see that there was sort of something missing yeah in, say on social media or, yeah. or things like that um so I initially started the page when uh, when did I so yeah I started it a few years ago and this was kind of like at the beginning of my strength training journey and I remember when I first started to take strength training a little bit seriously um, I was only female in the, in the weights area and I found that quite intimidating and I thought you're a PT you kind of know what you're doing in the gym in terms of like what exercises to do but you still feel quite intimidated and quite like self-conscious and I thought I don't want other women to feel like that and I thought that's why there's no no other other female in this in this weight section and I thought why not create a page that can motivate other women to to strength train but also kind of educate them and you know help them with their strength journey so it's it's also kind of like an educational tool you know there's nutritional information on there there's um there's like workout information technique information so I just essentially wanted to help other women and make the whole process easier for them because for me being even being a PT I found it quite hard so I can only imagine how these other women who have no idea what to do how they must Mm. feel so that's why I created it whenever you post stuff I always tend to like share it I just love there's a few things that that I want to unpack in kind of strong femme firstly is one I love that you know you obviously just mentioned that you sort of wanted to move away from that kind of influx of influencer uh in social media and you honestly I don't know if you're aware of it, but you you do that really well. And I think the main reason why is because you, you know, you haven't been doing it that long, but you collaborate with so many different people, mm-hmm. you know, like you bring people from all different walks of life, whether it be a PT, a weightlifter, you know, um, the nutritionist that you just brought on, I forget her name, is Harriet? Harriet, yeah. Yeah, Harriet that you just brought on. I think it's just, it's really it's just unique that you're able to have this platform to allow, well, just females in general, just share that what they understand. And, um, and that you, it really just comes across that it's a collaborative effort. It's not just, you know, it's not just, uh, another Instagram page. of (laughs) Here's a booty workout. Yeah. It's not just about me because then if it was just about me, I'd just be posting it on my own account. So I didn't want to do that like everyone else. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So on that, where, like, I know that it's super young, but do you kind of, what sort of ambitions do you have for Strong Femme? Like, what's the ultimate goal? Um, What's, yeah, what's the aim? Yeah. So I think I just want to, yeah, so it's still very young, but I do want to continue to grow the community and collaborate with more, more women. I'd love to collaborate with, like, GB athletes or you know the top athletes to get more kind of exposure um obviously more merch you've already got one of my oh yeah so that coming (laughs) (laughs) there's more merch coming um and then I'd love to kind of do like lifting workshops maybe some weightlifting workshops just to get like women who've never lifted before even if it's just like oh learn how to squat learn how to deadlift or learn how to I don't think I'd be able to teach this, but learn how to do a snatch or, or, or a clean and jerk. 
um, just to kind of um, help women with that first step of actually picking up a barbell or feeling what what it's like to do strength training. Mm. Um, this is way down in the future, but I'd love to do like live panels and get get the women that I've collaborated with to do some some talks and and get people to kind of ask them questions and for them to share their experiences with strength training and yeah their experiences in fitness um but yeah that's that's where I see the brand going so we'll see in a few years if that will actually happen no so like in in a way though as well I was just thinking you and Ton have both done sort of in some ways a similar thing of creating whether you know or not like creating a community yeah and creating a place where yeah a space where people kind of come together and share this this goal or this platform and and, and an environment where you can sort of support and bounce off each other like how important do you think that is or, or what kind of effect do you think that has on like you say like empowering mm-hmm. women to get into strength training or you know giving them the kind of support or the motivation that they need to to move that along or bring that to the next level as well as deliver information like how much role do you think that sense of community plays within that I think it's probably one of the most important factors in in it all because with weightlifting like with Connor's club and everything there's this amazing sense of community and I think that's why I continue to do it every 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 day or like that's why I always go to my training sessions because I know when I'm training I've got these amazing people around me who are doing the same thing as me and it's that sense of community that really motivates me and I think it's the same with strong firm if if people if our followers feel like they are part of a community I think that will only encourage them more to to strength train and to keep like doing what they're doing um it's always better to feel like you have that kind of support and you know people you can ask questions to or yeah you don't want to feel alone when you're doing something new and I think that was what I found with weightlifting especially joining barbell like there were all these novices and beginners like me so I didn't feel like I was alone and that's what I kind of want to replicate with strong them and I think that's what Connor's done very well with his his community well I only have you guys to thank I think um honestly I think if I'd have one of the one of the things that I uh I I hate when people praise me I'm that's why I'm just quickly changing the subject (laughs) again so awkward (laughs) I I just what I found really interesting and I'll always be very thankful for well not saying that the males you know I don't care about the males because I do you Shran has taught me a lot but talking <laughs> specifically about the females that I coach here Correct. is that some for some bizarre reason every female that I've coached has taught me something like you know just something in general to do with whether it be planning um a, a macro cycle around men- their menstrual cycle or you know just a different consideration and one of the biggest things it's taught me is actually like weightlifting is a hard sport but it's made much easier by actually making it fun and being able to generate that friendly community um you know so i mean i only have you guys to thank because ultimately you know if um if you guys weren't there, then we wouldn't have a community, would we? So, um, yeah, I, lo- I love the idea of where Strong Femme is going, though. Um, the live panels. Oh, that's why I share it so much, because I think it's important that, you know, the well, the more support you have, the better. And I just yeah. love representing that. That's why I bloody wear that hoodie every week, every day. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I'm cooking my scrambled eggs in it, and then the next day I'm doing a flipping A7 pretending i'm an influencer <laughs> i love it you know um, where to sleep i i haven't done that yet but uh listen never say never um well so we've gone kind of through strong fam uh kind of your your tech career i want to quickly get into some weightlifting right because oh, 
everyone that listens to this podcast will know that all I ever seem to bang on about is weightlifting. Is there anything else that I talk about you, Sean? Um, there is, is there? Just weightlifting. Really. It's mainly weight weightlifting and then that McDonald's story. Oh, that McDonald's story, mate. Listen, I'm not going to repeat it, but... Which we're not repeating because no, you said it in about six episodes of the podcast. So. That, yeah, that was a life-changing experience for me. Um, and I've just lost, completely lost my train of thought. Um, weightlifting. Weightlifting. Yeah, so you your fitness journey kind of took you through being a personal trainer because you wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about, well, actually just being more comfortable in the weight section. What made you yeah. decide you want to start weightlifting? And I guess what are your aspirations for that? And you've just spoken about tying weightlifting into strong femme, which seems mm-hmm. like it. So that must mean that it's probably quite a big part of your life. Yeah. right? It is now. Yeah. So um, I used to work at Emotion, which is also where me and Connor met. And there are a lot of weightlifters there. So on shift, I used to just be like, watching these people do these crazy things above their heads and which I now know is snatch or keen and jerk I didn't know what it was before and um I used to just do like your traditional bodybuilding strength training you know squat deadlift bench that kind of stuff and I got I wouldn't say like I got bored with it but I think I kind of plateaued and I thought you know what let me just challenge myself and try something completely new so I thought, okay, I want to do what they do. <laughs> and then I got like a weightlifting coach, um, Mikhail, who was my first coach. And then I gave it go. And I have to say, it was like, so, so different to what I used to do. It's so much more physically challenge- challenging, but also mentally challenging. Mm. And um, yeah, that, that's how I got into it. And now obviously, Connor, you're my coach. So I guess, where I see it going is I just I just want to get better like I think I've spoken to you about this before but I want to like look at my lifts and and be proud of them which I think I'm getting towards like sometimes I'll look at a snatch video and be like okay that was a good snatch um and I want to do kind of like bigger competitions and just see where that will take me but as a person and you know this Connor like I, I find competitions quite scary. I find lifting in front of people quite scary. So mm. just learn to become more confident with my lifts and more confident with myself. And hopefully I can get there in in a few years. Yeah, absolutely. I think it also, you know, pays dividends to you because weightlifting is not, I mean, sport in general is just not easy. And when you kind of take weightlifting really for most of us is a hobbyist sport, you know, we're not. Mm. And what I mean by that is we're not getting paid to do weightlifting. Yeah. Um, You know, so essentially for us, it is, it is just a hobby. Um, But that's where it's difficult because ultimately, you know, we've had conversations like this when, when weightlifting is not going so well, shall I say, um, which does happen often. Um, but this is one of the things that, that you guys have taught me is that like, you just have to sometimes be really patient with someone and just, it's not even about the physical aspect. Like you are strong, you are mobile. And I know that you are, your body knows that you are, but your mind doesn't. And that's yeah. an entirely different beast to try and conquer. And so I think it's really nice that the reason that I bring strong femme is because you now have firsthand experience of not just the intimidation factor of getting into weightlifting and being like, damn, this is actually really hard. Um, But it also has given you the friends that you have and the community Mm -hmm. that you've been able to build through strong femme and, you know, some of the, I, I know that I'm just kind of bigging up weightlifting because I wish everyone was just a weightlifter. But yeah, um, no, it is amazing. Like the people that I've met, and I enjoy going to training because it means I get to see my friends who are also doing weightlifting, and it just makes it so much better. Shout out to my training partners. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they do. They're probably listening to this as well. Um, they're going to be like, "Why didn't you name me?" but then they're going to get really nervous if you do name them. So 
Menaz and Ben. Menaz and Ben. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's amazing, and I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see where. I mean, we're only just getting started, and we've added like ten kilos to your snatch in the last yeah. months, anyway. Amazing. So, um, which is crazy. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm flabbergasted. I don't think I've ever used that word before. Actually, <laughs> that's a, that's, I was going to say it's a long word. For you, <laughs> it's a very long English word for me, isn't it? It's a very British word. That is. Um, there's one question that I didn't send you. Um, which was, I want to talk a little bit about your background of, mm-hmm. you say you grew up in London, um, and what, what was it like? I like, I've, you know, I grew up out in the sticks up in Yorkshire, so I didn't really know what it was like, you know, like growing up in an inner city. And I've noticed that there's some, there's a very common theme between kids that grow up in an inner city, uh, in inner city families, uh, for whatever reason. And I just, I'm interested to hear about, I know we're going super off piste because this is not something that's related to strong femme, but maybe it is. And I kind of want to just dig in there a little bit. So like, what's it like growing up in London? What what was sort of like, you know, your upbringing and your background, if you wouldn't mind? Yeah, of course. Um, so my actual like heritage, I'm half Chinese, half Vietnamese. My parents came here um after the vietnam war so they they came to london no, they came they went to hong kong first and then they came to london and obviously i was born here um and i've lived in north london my whole life so i live in islington i've never lived anywhere else <laughs> and i can't imagine living anywhere else i think it's because i'm just so used to kind of being in a city where so much is going on mm-hmm. i had to go to um Sheffield for work for like a week and I, I was saying to Ben I don't I don't know how people live here there's nothing to <laughs> like, do this place is disgusting yeah. there's like, only how? one prep <laughs> no there wasn't even a prep there wasn't even a prep but I was like I honestly don't know like if I ever had to move out outside the city I don't think I would survive um and I think that's just me being brought up in a city like there's so much to do there's so many places to go it's just so busy so fast paced um and obviously all of my friends are from London all of my family live in London so mm-hmm. I think I would say I'm I feel quite blessed to, to have like, like my parents chose to settle in London because yeah as I said I couldn't imagine like being raised in Sheffield no offense if, if you live in <laughs> Sheffield but <laughs> <laughs> really shooting shots at yeah, she's, right now. Like, I just, I'm just sure have it's a not time. a good If yeah. Katie was prime minister, then uh, Sheffield, no Sheffield. watch out because <laughs> you might be wiped off the map, or you just add no, more I don't threats like to that. it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just put, put some <laughs> some life in there. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, we're definitely fortunate being. Well, I don't even live in London anymore, but. When we live there, like all three of us, it we it, it we're very fortunate, like just the amount of things that we can do and actually how easy it is to meet people and make friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean you shine, you're out in the sticks, like you don't probably even, barely see anyone, do you? Don't even <laughs> the same like four or five people every day. Luckily they're they're good people. I like the four or five people I see every day, but definitely it is such a blessing to be in London just vibes like um and as well as cities in general you know growing up in Hong Kong that's all I've known as well but we kind of grew up in the certainly the more countryside area of Hong Kong but even then it's Hong Kong's tiny like you're 20 minutes from Mm. the city center so it's a really good balance of the two um so yeah I definitely relate to that I know what you mean um (laughs) I wanted to pick up actually on we're kind of going back now but you know you because you said something about you want to be proud of your lift you you want to like look at yeah. lift and be proud what I'm just curious to know like what you mean by that and like what yeah. what being proud of it means to you I think that's kind of like a confidence thing too like I know 
as a person I'm quite overly critical of myself but I want to get to a stage where and I don't think it, it would be necessarily oh my lifts look better but I think that's more just just inner work that I need to do and I yeah I want to feel confident and be able to say you know what that was a good lift but that's not necessarily because I'm lifting it better but because I'm changing the way I think about lifting um and as I said I think I am getting there like yeah my lifts are getting better but I'm also thinking differently too well, mm. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you definitely are. Yeah. That's cool. So it's not even, so when you first, because when you first said it, like, it sounded to me like you wanted the lifting to get better so that you'd be happy with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas that actually, too, it that's, like that's an element of it. Obviously, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the part of the sport. But there's also a big part of it that is you want to be in a place, I guess, mentally to, look at where you are now yeah and be be proud of that and be like not obviously not satisfied with it like we always yeah. want to improve but be yeah. be happy or be content with where you are now um and I think that's that's pretty that's pretty strong yeah. like that applies to a lot of things in life and it just really it made it like I found it really interesting when you brought it up and and it reminded me as well of sort of Kind of like when I, well, two sides of it. Like when I look at videos of, you know, before of my lifting or like when I look at videos now of my riding, like whether that's training or in competition, I could look at a video now and be like, yeah, that's pretty good. Mm. But then I know that, say like two months down the line, I'd look at it and be like, no, nah, that's shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like if I look back at videos now from two months ago or three months ago, like rip it to dress, even though I know, at the time I thought it was amazing um so yeah. it just goes to show like so much of it isn't actually the the skill itself and and your abilities itself even though part of it is obviously we're trying to improve we're trying to get better but a lot of it is to do with like how we perceive it do you know yeah. what I mean I think it's always important to remember how far you've come and how much you actually have improved because with weightlifting there's always going to be bad days and sometimes they might there might be more bad days than good but like when they, when I look at a bad day for example and compare that video to how I was lifting maybe three months ago it looks tons better so even though it might feel rubbish at the time like I always have to remember how much progress I've made because otherwise yeah. I would I wouldn't do weightlifting if like I thought it was bad all the time yeah, yeah. and also to remember that you know, for you, and f I mean, I've been lifting for seven years. For me, weightlifting was always about like having growth and having success in how much weight is on the bar. But the older that you get, and I'm not that old, but I'm still older, <laughs> uh, you realize that actually it's more just about continuing to train because it's you've literally found something that really not that many people can do. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's a blessing that you are even able allowed to train and able yeah. to train and I know that's kind of like a big picture way of looking at it but that's sometimes I I think I even said this to you like zoom out a little bit because you're so like narrow focused some not just you but people in general can be <laughs> so narrowly focused that like all they focus on is like day after day rather than if they were to zoom out a little bit and they go actually you know what this year hasn't actually been that bad has it yeah quite a few shit days but overall it's been a net positive yeah um but again it's it's a journey it's a journey yeah um exactly your, your training partners are keeping you right yeah exactly and we <laughs> we all help each other like I don't know one of us will have a bad day but then the other guys are, are there like motivating you supporting you so I think that's but going back to the community, I think that's why I appreciate it so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, community is definitely important. And that's something that you've also grown yourself. Yeah. yeah. Community. And it's definitely important to look back and see how far you've come. Looking forward, um, what's next? What's next for Strong Firm? What's next for Katie Young? 
Oh God. So yeah, as I mentioned before, those ideas for Strong Fern, you know, mm-hmm. more more collaborations, hopefully a few workshops. But I think for me is I think just continuing with training, keeping consistent. And in terms of like my career, just try things that I think I might like. And, you know, I don't want to be afraid to to take steps or to do to make decisions. I think it's also okay to I don't know, like I'm doing this software engineering role now, but it's okay if if I want I'm not saying I'm gonna leave, <laughs> but if I wanna try something completely different, like just I don't know, dip my toes and everything yeah. and see see what I like because I have so much time to figure it out and like who says you need to be doing this one role for the rest of your life or you need to be doing this one career for the rest of your life so who knows what's next really because I don't I don't really know <laughs> love that love that yeah you heard it from here don't be afraid to make the decisions <laughs> and uh do something that you love yeah Katie exactly. Young 2023 <laughs> um, yeah just do what you love guys absolutely and Katie, where can people find you if they want to connect on uh, Instagram, if you plug StrongFem? Yeah. yeah. So Instagram is StrongFem with an underscore. And then my personal account is just Katie Young with two underscores. For the sickest clothes in the game and uh, soon come. To be fair, actually, your creative side is coming along to that because that hoodie is amazing. Anyway. (laughs) Katie, thank you so much for coming on, sharing. Thank your... you for coming on. Thank you really for having me, guys. The strong um, firm and everything to come. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No worries at all. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. We shall catch you on the next episode of Into the Unknown. Thank you so much for joining us Into the Unknown. Uh, if you want to connect with us and get in touch, you can find out more about me at Stoke Strength Systems on Instagram and Connor Lift Stuff for my business page. And you can find me at at yushan.su.eventing on Instagram, yushan.su.eventing on Facebook, and suyushaneventing.com. And if you want to get a bit more engaged uh, with our community and you liked this episode, please like and subscribe, uh, follow on the on, on Spotify, and we'd also love to hear your thoughts on this episode's topics, so please drop them in the comments. Catch you next week.